If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. Did we know that it was going to make us money? Did we know that if people would listen? Did we know any of these things? Absolutely not. But this idea just was so alive. It was so fun to collaborate with someone like Krista. And we really brought out the best in one another. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. What started as a side project between two best friends grew into a global community and a top 50 podcast. Lindsay Simsick and Krista Williams are the hosts of Almost 30, and they've made steady, strategic, and intentional moves to grow their podcast platform into a thriving business that supports women in their wellness, happiness, and overall well-being. This conversation is a long time coming. Like, no, really. The email thread to book a date when all of our schedules were aligned is about 55 emails long, but it is so worth the wait. We're exploring their podcast growth from side project to full-time gig, the lessons learned in the process, as well as how they keep it all going as their lives are in transition in tandem with the business. At long last, here are Lindsay and Krista of the Almost 30 Podcast. Gold Diggers, I have a podcast recommendation for you. If you like staying in the know when it comes to trends in business, well, you'll love My First Million podcast hosted by Sam Parr and Sean Pori, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. My First Million brainstorms new business ideas based on trends and opportunities in the market and shares the stories of how companies made their first million. It's conversational and interesting with insights on topics that we don't always get into on Gold Digger. NFTs with Gary Vaynerchuk, direct-to-consumer strategies, how vending machines are generating millions. Sean and Sam have their ear to the ground for the next big thing in business, and the guests are top-notch. Listen to My First Million wherever you go to get your podcasts. Okay, this show has honestly been years in the making in the sense of like, 
there's so many connections where I'm like, when the time is right, it's going to, the stars are going to align and it's going to work out. And this is one of those. So welcome to my friends, Lindsay and Krista. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hello. So excited. I remember years ago emailing (laughs) with Kylie and we were trying to get you on the show. It was like when we were a lot smaller and I just feel so grateful that we have had this chance together to be on the show because we've been admiring you for so long. And we always tell podcasters that we work with, you know, if you get no's or if the timing's not right, it's meant to be. And I really believe that's proof here that (laughs) we're excited to podcast with you. And it's so fun because I feel like, you know, we've connected behind the scenes, but now there's so much life happening amongst the three of us that I feel like today is just going to be so enriched because of like just experience and what we've all been through. And I don't know, I'm so excited. So for those who don't know you, which would be a surprise. And if you don't know Lindsay and Krista, you will love their podcast, Almost 30. So first, just tell me the story of how you guys found each other and decided to launch a podcast together that's now become this worldwide movement for women. Yeah. So Lindsay and I started Almost 30 when we were almost 30. We were (laughs) transitioning. That's how little we thought it was going to be because now we're 33. But we were transitioning from our 20s to our 30s. And I had a dream outside of my corporate job of doing something on my own. I was in multiple positions in the corporate world and I felt so unfulfilled and I always wanted to find my purpose. And so after trying a bunch of different things, I auditioned to become a soul cycle instructor and I didn't get it. But in that process, I started to get vocal lessons on microphones so that I could be better as a soul cycle instructor. And in my second audition, I got introduced to Lindsay. And Lindsay was a soul cycle instructor here in LA. She helped me with my second audition to be a soul cycle instructor, which I didn't get. But we became close friends. And I was going through transitions where I wanted to find my purpose. I had tried a bunch of different things as an entrepreneur. And she was going through her own relationship and life things. And we started to have these really meaningful conversations where we were just sharing what was on our heart. And we were sharing how lost we felt in our late 20s and how confused about life we felt and how deeply we wanted to find purpose and we wanted to be in service and we wanted to live a life that felt fulfilling. And so in these conversations and at one of them, I said, you know, do you think you could, we could start a podcast? And, you know, seven months of recording on our closet floors where you were living. She was Mm -hmm. living with these two amazing women. We recorded all this mess and eventually launched the show in September of 2016 And, you know, five years later, a little over five years later, we have a community, a brand, a podcast, and just something that we're really, really proud of. Wow. I don't think I knew that origin story. And I I think what's so powerful about that is like looking at how your friendship was bred in one dream, but kind of transitioned into another dream. What was it like for you, Lindsay, in terms of kind of going into a partnership and starting something with a friend? Yeah, I've always been very down to create and very down to create not knowing the outcome. I have a background in theater. And so I was always like producing web series on like the streets of New York, just kind of playing and experimenting. So when Krista approached me, I the light went off, you know, you just know and intuitively the connection that we had just made me feel really confident and comfortable in pursuing something with her. And it just blows my mind to think back to that time because both of us had full-time jobs. We were showing up 
every single day, every single day to do something for the podcast. Did we know that it was going to make us money? Did we know that if people would listen? Did we know any of these things? Absolutely not. But this idea just was so alive and it was so fun to collaborate with someone like Krista. And we really brought out the best in one another. Candidly, I'm someone who like, quote, does things on my own normally. But that's why I think our partnership is so special because we're able to really lean into our strengths, you know, and, and the other is super supportive. There's never like this judgment or imbalance. And from the get that was, that was the case. So it was wild, but I, I didn't doubt it for one second. There was never one moment that I felt like, ah, maybe we should like can this and just try something else. It was always alive and always just calling us forward. Isn't it crazy nowadays? I feel like podcasting is becoming like way more mainstream. I know for years, I didn't even know my phone had a podcast app on it, which is hilarious now as a podcaster. Mm -hmm. But I feel like especially in this last year where people are learning, like you can communicate from wherever you are. If you have a message, you can get it out into the world. And I feel like podcasting is really changing and evolving do you ever like, how do you guys answer the question when people are like, Oh, cool. You have a podcast. Like they don't understand yes. that it's so much more <laughs> oh than gosh. just speaking into a microphone. You guys have built this like empire, this business, this community. You are like in service of thousands and thousands of listeners. It's so much more than just hitting record. So what did you go into podcasting thinking and what have you discovered is something you could have never imagined? I think so much of it. And I think that's the entrepreneurial journey, you know, that you very well know where you go in, I'm a photographer and then all of this happens and it sort of snowballs. And for us, it was like, we're going in because we love talking to one another and we feel like we have this connection and then it just snowballs into this thing that we serve now. But I think it's just... It's such an interesting space podcasting because for us, it feels so personal because you really share your heart on the microphone. And that's what drew us to the medium was that you connect with someone's voice and you can hear in someone's voice how sincere they are, how truthful they are, how embodied they are, how all of these different emotions come up. And that's why we wanted to do a podcast. And ever since, it's just evolved into something where we find opportunities to serve and really explore how we want to show up. And I laughed before because that question we hear, especially like if we go home, you know, yes. if we're around family yes. or maybe childhood friends. And yeah, it, it actually is a fun moment because you forget we've been in this for so long that it's become just a part of our lives and what we do. And the ways we make money is ever evolving and growing. But it's it was humbling. I was at a wedding this past weekend and my aunt like took me aside and she's like, okay, so so how how do you make money <laughs> mm -hmm, podcasting? Yes. And it, it was cool to like break it down and you know, like really have a conversation with her because I can imagine for, you know, generations ahead of us, like all of these new ways to make money online, social media is just so outside of their realm of understanding. Yes. And I feel really proud. I feel mm -hmm. really proud that we're able to be so creative in that sense and really unlimited. Yeah. And even in Ohio growing up, I never had 
if I would have met a woman that was like, oh, I have a podcast and I love what I do and I'm able to speak my truth and talk about interesting things, it would have changed me. You know, growing up in a small town, I never really met anyone that loved their job or felt, you know, really on purpose. And so it is really important when we're doing things that we love and we feel on purpose that we're able to really share that to like hopefully inspire other people that they can do the same. I think it's so funny because I mean, we are in a small town like where I live and like my grandpa calls the podcast my radio show and it's like the way that he can understand it. So it's like, he's like, it's like a radio show and a sermon where you're like teaching a A lesson. And I was like, that's it, grandpa. That is it. (laughs) But I love that. One thing that I think is so fascinating about you both, and you've both gone through some big life shifts, especially in the last year, marriages and moves and things like that. How have you maintained separate identities and kind of grown on your own while still staying in this like relationship and staying connected to a shared vision? Because I think that's fascinating. And it's almost like a work marriage in a sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's we're married. Yeah, we're married for sure. I actually think about with my husband, I just got married recently. And I think that Lindsay and I have actually more ties than than he and I do in a lot of ways, because with her, it's finances. It's our vision. It's our team. It's our last six years together. It's like the day to day intricacies of everything that we do. So it's almost like more intense of a marriage. And so in these last couple months, Lindsay's moved to New York City. I got married. I moved into the office studio. And we've had a lot of transitions personally. And it's been really, really interesting. I mean, I've had to sort of come to terms with the fact that my identity has a lot been being Lindsay's best friend, being part of Almost 30, being a podcaster. And I'm sort of having to reestablish myself as like an independent person and an independent being that has different interests. So when you do do things as a business or as a duo, you really can get stuck in that experience of being categorized together all the time and being seen as one, even though we know that we're both very unique. So the way that I'm sort of working with that now is in therapy, you know, talking to my therapist, really supporting myself in loving myself during this transition and re-identification of who I am. And then also just being really honest with Lindsay and us connecting with our coach every other week and connecting with our healer every other week and just making sure that we're always staying like abreast of how each other are doing emotionally so that we can make sure that we're supporting each other in the best way that we can while also supporting ourselves in like a really big time. Yeah. And I think these really big transitions in friendship are such a huge opportunity to recommit to one another and to reconnect in a different way. I think in friendship, just as a romantic relationship, you can go on autopilot. Mm -hmm. And not that we were, but kind of like, I feel like because we're in it day to day together, we show up to work, we're immediately working, we're not necessarily checking in with each other because we have things to do. And so when the move was final, yeah, it just brought up so many really important conversations, feelings that I think just kind of like rebirthed our friendship in a way Mm -hmm. where we got to voice things that I think were important for the other to hear, but then also just for each individual to just say out loud. Because as you know, 
you know, there can be so many things happening and so much on the to-do list that you almost forget how you feel. Mm-hmm. Like, it's fine. You know, we'll work it out. We'll figure it out. It's instead like a, of like... A true marriage. Yeah. Instead of like, <laughs> really, I'm you know? sad. I'm sad. I'm scared. I feel abandoned or I feel constricted or I feel whatever it is. And so it was actually, I think very important for our relationship. Mm -hmm. And we're still like in real time figuring out the best way to nurture the relationship 3000 miles away. We have weekly check-ins. And I think because we don't see each other every day, we're a little bit more mindful of just checking in outside of the business, you know, because that's something we do anyway. So yeah. And that's just like as a last thing, I've really been working on flipping that script in my head where the relationships in my life that I know are good, I spend the least amount of time on where it's like with Lindsay, I know we're always good. Like, I know we always love each other. So it's like, oh, we'll talk later. I'll check in later. We'll hang out later. Even with my husband, you know, it's like at the end of the day, you're like, can we just lay on the couch and not say anything? (laughs) And really it's like, he's so important to me and she's so important to me. I should really be pouring my energy and love into the people I love that are most close to me. And I found myself at points in time fostering relationships with people that were, you know, not as important as like my main ones. And I really want to work on having my core group that feels really solid and that I'm investing in regularly. I love that. I Coco was having a tantrum the other day and was like, mommy, no. And I was like, I love you the most in the world. Why are you doing this to me? And it like reminded me of even as adults, like we take out our like frustration or like the emotions that bubble over from other things because we feel safe to do that. But it's also like, how do we like create this like secure bubble where it's like also the other side of it too, you know? Yes. So it's kind of crazy. I want to know. I think that, you know, so many women are taught to be in competition with one another. And so when we see women truly championing each other and collaborating, like, have you guys always been this self-aware or has this kind of unfolded on the journey of, you know, being in your late 20s now into your early 30s? Do you feel like you've had to be, you know, consciously growing as a leader as a companion to one another, as a business partner, but also as your own visionary. Like I just, you guys are so self-aware and so like in tune, but has it always been the case? Definitely not. Um, (laughs) But I think that it has been the case since the inception of the podcast. It's just gotten stronger and stronger. I don't know if we would have been able to receive this idea if we were not aware because it is such a it's such a potent mission that you know my early 20s self would have been like no this is too much work or you know let me focus on the more shiny things rather than like the deep work and really serving people in this way but it is vital as a leader to be always learning, growing, evolving. And, you know, it looks like our coach, our therapists, healers, it looks like time that we set aside for ourselves to really care for ourselves, both physically, mentally, spiritually, and also just educating ourselves as we Mm -hmm. step into more of a leadership position, both on this platform, but then also just within our team. 
you know, we are in a sense managing people for the first time. And so that's been kind of a steep learning curve, but it's always, always, always a reflection of something that's going on within ourselves. So I think that's why that inner work is so important as a leader, even though we're doing so much outward, it will always be a reflection of what's going on inside. Yeah. And I think for us, probably in me in particular, for a long time, I think my self-awareness was really painful. You know, I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling too much or I'm sensing too much, or I know that what I'm doing in my corporate job right now isn't right. And I know that where I'm living isn't right. And I know that this relationship isn't right. And so that self-awareness, and I feel like that's the intuition that we women have and makes us so unique and special can sometimes, if not, you know, channeled in the right way or channeled for change or channeled for, you know, the development of our purpose, it can be really hard to be so self-aware. It can make us insecure. And at times, you know, our self-awareness is like our superpower for sure. And then at times it can lead us to a path where we're doubting ourselves because we're like, oh man, you know, I don't know if we're, we're really cut out for this, or I don't really know if we're, you know, going to make it being the best or however it is that we want to say it. But I wanted to speak on the competition piece. And for Lindsay and I, I think the foundation of Almost 30 being our relationship sets the example of a space for no competition. And we focus most on our relationship together, making sure that we truly see trust and love one another and aren't competitive with one another by fostering our strengths and by being acutely aware of our strengths. And whenever we're feeling a little bit like, hey, I'm noticing in this moment that I'm finding myself falling into a pattern where you're leading and I'm following or I'm following and you're leading and just calling it out in the moment. Because for a few years, you know, with Lindsay and I, it wasn't competitive, but we did have this kind of energy between us where we had a little bit of anxiety on who was doing what, like, what were we strong in? We were trying to sort of fill in the gaps for one another and be everything for the team, be everything for everyone. And then when we really realized that like our superpower is who we are and how can we cultivate more of who we are in this business and who Lindsay is in this business, that's when we win. And so that's helped us to see ourselves as better leaders, better teachers, better friends by really focusing on what we're good at and then honoring that in the other person. And I think the... Yeah, it was. I, I'm like remembering that time, and it's it's kind of crazy that we went through that for, it was so, miserable. for so long. <laughs> it was hard, um, but and too, it would just be together. We'd be like, Ugh. we'd be like, yeah. just like kind of mad all the time, and and just on the you know female piece of female friendships and being the space with other incredibly powerful women. Mm-hmm. I do think there are moments where we get that like hit of. Oh, I wish I could be more like her or do it that way. And I think that's so human. And I think, you know, thankfully we have the awareness around that. We're like, oh, okay. Like, let's pick that apart a little bit. What is this really about? Mm -hmm. Because Lord, we are surrounded by incredibly successful, powerful, amazing women. And it's really shown me that in the past, I've like kind of, I've, I've kind of avoided those types of friendships because it made me feel a certain way about myself. And so in, in cultivating these new friendships, I've noticed that I just have this huge opportunity to step in as who I really, really am and as like fully embodied and really powerful. And I'm not going to be bullied for it. 
you know, shunned for it. I don't have to dim my light. It's actually encouraged and accepted by other women that I'm surrounding myself with. And it's, it's really healing. It continues to be. And, you know, I think in the almost 30 community, we see that too, or we, we hope to foster that too. If you haven't already implemented a CRM system into your business, well, now is the time. CRM or customer relationship management is at the heart of scaling your side hustle into your success story. CRM systems take any customer interaction and transform that interaction into valuable data and insights, allowing you to strengthen relationships with your customers and grow your business. Many CRM platforms are either over-engineered or clunky and unreliable, costing you more time and money than they're worth. A HubSpot CRM platform means you have a purpose-built solution that's tailored to your business and your business alone. So whether you're just getting started or looking for a robust system, HubSpot is super flexible and totally customizable, meaning it scales and grows as you do. With new features like business units, association labels, permission sets, and more, HubSpot admins can tailor their account like never before. And now with Sandboxes, admins have access to a production-like account, allowing them to test, iterate, and experiment without risk. Learn more about how you can customize your CRM platform with HubSpot at HubSpot.com. Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. It's funny, Drew and I were talking last night about, I was, one of my friends was messaging me about her marriage and she was like, we're just in this like shifting of roles right now and it feels really uncomfortable and we're fighting it. And I was telling her, I was like, you know, when Drew finally became a stay-at-home dad and just owned that, like that was his dream, that was his role, but he didn't try to like bend or, you know, hang his hat on anything else. Like when we stopped trying to like resist what the world was like, or when we started resisting what the world was telling us our roles were and just like owned them and owned the strengths that each of them brought, it like totally transformed so much. And I think a lot of times in terms of partnerships, it's like we're trying to fill these roles that we imagine the other person wants us to fill versus just being like, this is my strength or this is my sweet spot or this is my superpower. And it's, I think it's just so enlightening too, that you guys have 
grown as humans, but also grown so much together. And I think that, you know, so many relationships, it's like, when I look at, you know, we've been married a decade and a lot of people are at that make or break stage. And it's like, we're totally different people than we were when we first got married. But while we grew into ourselves, we also grew towards each other. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. that's like the thing. It's huge. And so, yeah, I just, I like admire the fact that it's not perfect and it's not always Instagram worthy and it takes work. But one thing I'm curious about is like when you guys started Almost 30, what was the vision for it? And do you still have that same mission or has that evolved as you've aged and gained experience? I think at the beginning, we felt so alone in our evolution. We felt like, you know, we're the only ones that want more for our lives or want to find purpose or are going through these hard times. So it was really to help women feel less alone, just to help anyone feel less alone. Because I feel like when we are looking at the highlight reel and we're looking at social media, it feels lonely sometimes. You're like, oh my gosh, they can't have a bad day if they have this amazing house and this amazing business and this amazing relationship. And so that was our goal through like honest, authentic conversations was to feel less alone. And now over the years, it's sort of evolved into helping people through life's transitions and helping them evolve. And as we've gone through a lot of transitions, me out of the corporate world, Lindsay out of SoulCycle, us into marriage, us into New York, all of these things, life doesn't stop. And we continue to evolve and change and grow. And for so long, I was resisting my growth and I was resisting my own evolution because I was scared what that meant for my family, for my friends, for my identity that I perceived at the time. And I wasn't really fostering my own growth in a way that was really healthy. And so as we really expand the business. It's just to help people in their evolution so they feel less alone. And so they know that, you know, growth and change is actually a good thing. And when we lean into it, really beautiful things happen because you can almost take the reins of it. It's like, okay, life is changing no matter what. Like, you know, even 2020 really showed that to us. It's like things are happening out of our control completely. How can we take the reins back in our life? And how can we take the reins on what we have control over to really make you know, the most of our experience on earth. So I'm going to pretend like I'm Lindsay's aunt at a wedding. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I, ask so you a question. have no idea. Yes. Uh, and what was her name? Aunt? Oh, this one was Aunt Cindy. Cindy. Oh, Cindy. Okay, I'm Cindy. So <laughs> walk me through. So let's say somebody's listening oh my gosh. and they're like, I think I want to start a podcast. Mm-hmm. Walk this me through the like the growth of your show and also then how it expanded in so many ways. Because I think a lot of times when we start our shows, like for me, it was an experiment. Like, I wonder what's going to happen. And I wonder if I'll run out of things to say. And like, you're never thinking about episode 500 when you're recording episode number one. But like, how have you guys grown it into a career? I think that is like so compelling. Yeah. So... The first thing I would say is in regards to the beginning. Say Cindy. Oh, Cindy. Yes. <laughs> Take a seat. Yes. Um, Listen up, Cindy. <laughs> I would say the gestation period is super, super important. And I think a lot of people, because we coach a lot of podcasters, they want to rush through that period. And they're like, I want to launch. I want to start to make money. I want to get on the road. I see everyone doing it. I got to be next to them. And what was so incredible about our path was how long we took 
to gestate, to really like get to know each other as creators, as people, to understand each other's strengths, to really cultivate that chemistry. It was important that we took those seven months on our closet floors to kind of mess up, to be completely honest. Mm -hmm. No one will ever hear those recordings. They have not seen the light of day, but it was important. And I think it built our confidence. It really anchored us in almost 30. Like the humble beginnings, I think, are so important because they they are kind of fueled by the why. You know, we're not making money. We're not seeing any like anything at the end of the tunnel, truly, except a launch. Yeah. But the why just became so clear as we were talking. We're like, wow, that really hit. <laughs> that affected me. That helped me. And so I would just say, do not rush that gestation period. Your timing will be perfect. And then out the gate, we always recommend that people are consistent. You know, it's hard. Podcasting is not easy. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of work. And so if you do your due diligence in planning how you are going to work producing a podcast into your everyday, then you know, it will set you up to be as consistent as possible because what consistency provides is this connection with your audience. They know when to expect you. They trust that you're going to be there. And for us, it just gave us more confidence. We're like, dang, okay, two months in and we haven't missed a week. This is awesome. Let's keep going. Mm -hmm. So it just provided some, you know, proof that we could do this. Yeah. And I think what we did was set really small goals. You know, we had our big vision, but we really focused on the small goals so that we could build momentum towards like the bigger future. And especially when we're working full-time jobs, it's like, you know, by focusing on the small goals, we could really focus and time batch and, you know, really be smart about our time because we only had nights and weekends. And then I also think we were really fierce about our dreams, but we were flexible at how we were going to get there. You know, we were flexible Mm -hmm. about the mode and method of how it would happen. We know that we wanted to have a job where we could be ourselves and, you know, we could really leverage our strengths. And so however that was going to express in the world, I thought mine was SoulCycle. I was like, oh, I think SoulCycle is my dream. And really it was, there was something that was different and better for me in the end. And then I think weirdly, something that I think about, or like something that might come off a little weird was we were in service to ourselves first before we were in service to an audience. And I think by serving our genuine like excitement about this idea and connection and in service to this dream and this like interesting concept that we had, we were really just doing what we felt called to do and what we felt we really loved. And I think when people start out smaller and have the hopes of service to a lot of people first, you can sort of get lost in the mess of what does everyone want? What are they looking for me to do? What are they doing? What's been successful? And you can really lose focus of what you're really good at. That's unique to you. How have you guys taken it from just quote unquote, being a podcast to something that is transformative to something that makes people feel a part of a community. I think people sometimes disconnect, you know, themselves listening to a podcast in the car or on a walk and forget that like, wait, this is a way to like connect listeners and to bring that community together. And with your goal and mission to make people feel less alone, how do you foster a community out of listeners that are listening in all different places in the world at all different times of day? Like, what does that look like for you? 
Yeah, well, it started off looking like gatherings in our friends' backyards in LA. So our local LA listeners, we would invite over for like new moon ceremonies mm-hmm. and things like that. And then we went on to Soul Cycle rides. And before you know it, we were touring the country and then we went on a world tour. And I think that in-person connection obviously is now kind of like, how do we do that? But then it was so important for us to meet the people that were listening to our show and being impacted by what we were talking about because not only did it make us feel amazing and it was just great to connect our listeners to one another in person, but it really fueled like the next season or evolution of Almost 30, which then, you know, after 2020 became the membership. So this is a place where people in our community can join, connect with one another in a really intimate, very real and authentic way where we provide them workshops and live hangs with us and giveaways and just a space where they can feel like They can take a deep breath. They can be themselves. They can grow at their own pace and just feel super supported. And it's, it's really cool. I think, you know, we always love an in-person, but the fact that we can reach more people is important to us Mm -hmm. at this stage. Yeah. And I think it's focusing too on us being so much of ourselves that other people feel comfortable being themselves too. And I think you do such an amazing job Mm -hmm. at this. It's like kind of pulling back the curtain. It's like, yeah, it looks so successful and all these things, but underneath it's kind of the wheels are falling off or like we're going through this thing or we're going to be really honest about this topic so that people know that, you know, we're just not we're just like them, but we are experiencing similar things and they can feel less ashamed about what they're going through because we're going to be really open and honest about what we're going through. I think that's so cool, like hearing about you guys meeting people in the flesh, because I think one of the hardest things about podcasting is one, the metrics suck. So you really don't even know like who's listening or like how they're listening or how long they're (laughs) listening or like, I mean, you literally know next to nothing. So it's always like whenever I meet someone that listens, it's so powerful because I can almost like envision that person because so much of podcasting is literally like talking into a microphone into your computer and like just throwing it out into the world. Like here it is, here's this thing. Mm -hmm. And so it's like when that human aspect of Mm -hmm. like a host and a listener connection and like knowing that you're like this trusted mentor even if you don't even know who the listener is, it's like such a gift that I think is so easily forgotten in the grind of creation and consistency and everything like that. And so I think it's interesting because like when you start a podcast, you know, it's kind of like, who's going to listen to this? And then when people start listening, it's like, what are they doing about it? And like, it's just so cool. I think knowing like when you can have those conversations with your listeners and actually feel the impact. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just like so powerful. And I think a lot of times podcasting can be lonely because it's like, you're just throwing out this content and like hoping it lands and hoping it's making a difference. And 
the conversations and the connections can sometimes be few and far in between. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's like like lonely at one time and then liberating at others because yes. You know, at some point it's like with YouTube, I always felt like, okay, there's a camera on me. I have to look a certain way. I have yes. to, you know, be all these, my space has to look a certain way. I can see the views and the comments right away. All that kind of stuff was so intimidating to me. I'm like, how could I produce content that felt heartfelt and felt like me and felt truthful and authentic if it's being responded to and reacted to in that way? And then people also can judge how you look. And so there's part of that with podcasting where I feel like it's so liberating, where yes. if we have a show that's like less than ideal. It's like we might know, people might tell us, but we might not. You know, we might not yeah. see the comments or the feedback. <laughs> and so it's, yeah, it's such a catch 22 where there is the loneliness where you're like, are people resonating with this? Yeah. And then there is the other side where sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful that we don't have in the minute feedback because what space in our life where we don't have that? You know, with Instagram, yes. it's the comments, the likes, the shares, all that. Same with YouTube. And so with podcasting, mm-hmm. it's like this precious medium where you can put out what you feel and what you feel heartfelt. And you only know if it's resonating, if the show grows over time, really. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. When it comes to content creation, you either do it because you love it or because you know it's a powerful business tool. Now, either way, it takes a ton of work. Whether you're building your website from scratch or struggling to manage payments, you need Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate one-stop shop that's been my go-to for almost a decade. Yes, nearly a decade. It's designed to help creators and entrepreneurs build thriving online businesses with steady recurring income. Whether it's blogging, coaching, or podcasting, Kajabi makes it simple to transform your passion into profitable online courses, exclusive member sites, and so much more. Over the years, Kajabi has been my rock from hosting my signature courses like the Pinterest lab to handling transactions without taking a single penny of my money. That's right. You get to keep 100% of what you earn. With Kajabi, you get powerful analytics, simple payment options, effective email marketing tools, and beautiful website templates that you can customize. And here's a little secret. You don't need a massive following to earn a great income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi who are making six and seven figures 
figures with less than 50,000 followers, and you can be one of them. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash goal. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash goal. Join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion today at kajabi.com slash goal. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah. I love that because that's why I became a podcaster was yes. so that I didn't have to be camera ready and like yes. <laughs> I can record at 8 p.m. or 7 a.m. and I can record in my closet and like there's so much beauty in just showing up with your voice and I think a yes. lot of times our voice is the last thing that we feel recognized by because you see appearances, you see the flashy, the shiny, the video, the movement and like I remember when we one time Drew and I were eating sushi in Hawaii and I had my back to someone and I was speaking to Drew and she goes, oh my God, are you Jenna Kutcher? I had no idea what you looked like, but I knew your voice. (laughs) And I was like, that is so cool. Like podcasting is is so cool. You do have a unique voice. I love it. I love your voice. It's just very you. What would you say to somebody that is thinking about starting a podcast, but they're like, is it worth it? Is it too saturated? Can I stick with it? Like, how would you encourage them or what would you say? Yeah, there are so many ways to express yourself and get your message out there. I think podcasting is super unique, like we've been talking about with that audio only component. I would say that you got to love it. You yeah. know, it's it's hard to fake showing up and sharing your opinions or sharing your story or someone else's story. It's really hard to fake it and maintain that over time. And so you know, if Krista and I did not love podcasting, I promise you we would not be still podcasting. It's just hard for us to kind of be uh, not lit up and continue the momentum. So I would say you have to love it. And you can find that out by taking that period of like gestation, like I was talking about, where you're practicing, you know, like you don't have to, I feel like now in this day and age, and I am guilty of it, where I feel like, oh, I have to capture this. I have to put this out. I have to let people know I'm doing this. When it's like, can you give yourself a few months, maybe even just a few weeks to really immerse yourself in this process and get a feel for, okay, does this does this light me up? Does this mm-hmm. like feel like me? Does this feel like something that I am excited to learn more about? Because there will be a lot of things that you have to learn in order to produce your own show. Yeah. And I think it's such an interesting place where we are in culture because I feel like the we've sort of lost passion projects for side hustles. And now it's like we feel like we have to monetize every single thing that we do, yes. which I love money. I, I truly do. My husband is like always like, is this my life of you loving money forever? But I really love money. And I really do believe that we all should be able to earn money in a way that feels aligned. But when we put the pressure on every single thing that we do to earn money for us, to be the way out from a job that we hate, to be the way out from, you know, 
all of these things to be an exit plan, it really stifles the creative process in a way that can really be detrimental. And I think Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert is a really beautiful book for people to get into about the creative process Mm -hmm. and really allowing it to unfold in a way that feels natural Mm -hmm. to that project. And for Lindsay and I, you know, we didn't focus on monetization for the first year or so. And then I remember we got our first $200 check and I was like, yes, I have $100 for groceries because we had to split it in two. This is amazing. I love this like side gig. But when you go into something that you love and you're like already asking it to make you money and be something that you monetize, it's really focusing on the wrong outcome. And you have to focus on the quality of what you do and allow it to evolve naturally over time. But on the saturation piece, I mean, there's millions of podcasts out there. There's millions of Instagrams. There's millions of YouTubes. There are millions of everything. And so if that will be something that stops you, then there's other mindset work that you'd probably have to do around, you know, fear or some things that are holding you back. But there are podcasts every day that become more successful and popular. And I think when people really focus on sharing something that's on their heart, it will always resonate. I know. And one thing I love about podcasting is that podcast listeners listen to many shows. Like I listen to so many different shows and it's like, it's this beautiful reminder of like one day I can be listening to a murder mystery. Then I can be listening to a bachelor recap and then I can be learning marketing and then I can, you know, and it's like listeners listen to on average, like multiple shows. So there's so much room to go around. It's not like you choose one lane and stay in it as a listener. Yes. And that should just invite other voices to the stage. It's like, man, like it's not, yeah, it's never too saturated if you have something to say. I want to know what's next for each of you individually and then what's next for almost 30. So individually, and I think the move has kind of allowed us to have a little bit more space for that, which yeah. has been really cool, but also kind of confronting because almost 30 has been everything for us for the last five years. So to say that we're also going to be doing things individually is, yeah, it's a little disorienting, I think, because I've put so much of my value in like what I do with almost 30, but I'm working on my music. So I will be working on my album and hopefully in 2022, just sharing that. And, you know, to Chris's point earlier of just allowing that to be something I really enjoy and not putting pressure on it to be successful, make money, all the things. I know that if I create music for me personally, that is like incredibly successful. The fact that I've always wanted to do it and I did it, like, I think that will fulfill me so, so much. So I'm just excited to immerse myself in that process and to collaborate and Yeah, just I think as a creator, I just always get lit up by seeing like how else I can be expressed in the world. Yeah. And I feel like as women, you know, we have so many different interests and paths and we're so multidimensional. So it's always been something that I've wanted to lean into is like, okay, I can be a bunch of different things in my Mm -hmm. lifetime. So I'm working on a deck. It's an Oracle deck and it's making it modern. So I have an app component to it. My husband is a mobile app developer. So he's going to be building it. 
which I'm super proud of. And then I'm going to be doing a series of like called Book Club. And I want to take people through really powerful texts that I love and have learned a lot from as a way to just help people really reintegrate themselves with some really beautiful books that I feel like have been missed over time. But we're just trying to like do this and run the business and then also like lean into our personal lives. I've really put a deeper focus on my personal life after getting married this year and after Lindsay leaving and really knowing and recognizing like I want to enjoy my life. I don't want Mm -hmm. to continually be producing even if it's things that I love and have a life where I'm just dedicated to creating and doing and hustling and not receiving my life. You know, we create and do because we can receive our lives, because we want to receive our lives and live our lives. So I also want to lean into a life of living my actual life instead of like always trying to figure out what the next thing is, because I've been doing that for so long. And I feel like so many women listening to your show, so many people listening to your show probably are doing the same. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Ladies, where can everybody find you and connect with you and tune into your show and be a part of your community? Give me all the spots. Thank you. We love you so much. This has been a blast. You can find Almost 30 on Instagram at Almost 30 Podcast. You can find everything on our website, almost30.com. We have a hub for podcasters as well. You can find on there. It's called Podcast Pro, but yeah, our community is is just super rad and very curious and conscious and just down to connect with one another in such an authentic, cool way. And so we'd, we'd love to welcome you. Okay, I have one serious question. Yes. At what point does your podcast shift to almost 40? And have we <laughs> talked about this yet? <laughs> Maybe at 36, we actually, it's funny on our team, I'm obsessed with buying domains. Yeah. Sometimes I get on these weird kicks. I'm sure you are too. And I have like, a lot. <laughs> I love that. So I, I went on like a domain kick and I was like, we have to get the Instagram handle almost 40. We have to get the domain almost 40. So I'm, we're buying all the almost <laughs> domains <laughs> and spaces so that we can like evolve with it. We're, yeah. Spotify is going to buy us and yes. then they can serialize it and <laughs> yep. have someone host it. <laughs> yep. oh, I love that. I think that for so many people, like turning 30 feels like a big thing. Yes. And I don't know about you, but 30s are just a wonderful the best. time of becoming and accepting and inviting. And so I don't mind aging one bit. Same. I didn't know it'd be so liberating. It is right? liberating. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how much I cared about before. <laughs> I wish I honestly, for my wedding, I didn't lose a pound. And I was like, wow, if I would have got married six years before whatever, when we first met, I would have been so hard on myself. And I just was able to fully accept and embrace that period Mm -hmm. because I was older. I'm like, wow, I'm just going to be me. I saw a meme today that it was like, in my 20s, I was worried about what everyone thought. In my 30s, I stopped caring what everyone was thinking. And in my 40s, I realized nobody was thinking about me in the first place. (laughs) And I was like, amen to that. Oh my God, I cannot wait, honestly. Yes, ladies, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm such a fan and I'm just so grateful for our friendship. Same. Us too. Thanks for having us. Oh man, I am so inspired by Lindsay and Krista. It's been such a joy to follow them through this season of their lives as they're kind of evolving and finding their own identities within their partnership. And it's just such a blessing to connect with other podcasters that really understand and revel in the gift that a podcast is. 
I think that the world of podcasting is shifting as we know it in a beautiful way where more voices are stepping up to the stage and more people are understanding that it's not just a hobby, though it absolutely can be, but it can also be a career, a place to build community, a place to share your legacy. And it was just such a blessing to get to talk to these women today. I'm so always inspired by just their self-awareness and the amount of work that they do on themselves, both as individuals and in their partnership. I think that's something that we can all take away from this. You guys, their show is just so amazing. So if you haven't subscribed yet, hop on over, check out Almost 30 Podcast. It is such a treat for your ears and it's just so beautiful to follow their lives, their thoughts, their learnings, and to kind of go on that journey along with them. Thank you so much too for being a part of this community. While I might not be able to meet you face-to-face, hearing how this show has impacted you absolutely transforms me as a creator and gives me the strength to continue on this journey. So thank you, Gold Digger listeners. And of course, until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.